Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. Yeah. If you are able, would you stand with me, please, as we read a passage of Scripture together? Let's read, shall we? This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Father, for those who are sharing the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. And we ask, Lord, that once again we would understand in some deeper way uh, this immeasurable love that you have for us. Bless us as your people as we enter into your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Um, if you listen to Christian radio of, uh, in the car or in your downloads, uh, there's a, a really great song out right now that just really sort of captures, once again, God's love for us. Um, and so I just kind of want to give you a little visual before we head into the scriptures today.
the story of Abraham and Isaac found in Genesis 22. I'd like to review that in the first person narrative with a little bit of uh, artistic license if I may. Sarah and I were so overjoyed when Isaac was born. I was a hundred years of age and Sarah was 90. Sarah's body was reproductively dead and our hope for a child of our own had been long set aside, one of those lost dreams. But you see, God had different plans for us. We laughed, actually, when God told us. That's why our son's name is Isaac. It means laughter. Not only because of the, hospita- or the impossibility of having a son, but also laughter as a sign of joy. See, he was the son of promise. All of God's plans for our extended blessings would come through him. We laughed in joy and in celebration of this gracious gift of God. And then that day came. The day God came to me and said, Abraham, I want you to take your son your only son, whom you love. And I want you to go to the region of Moriah and I want you to sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will show you. Isaac was about 14 or 15 years old when that happened. From a reader's perspective, I I pause and I say, what? this, This can't be right. Isaac is the promised child, the one through whom the blessings are going to come. If, if you kill him, then those things don't come to pass. I, I don't understand the plan, God. Can you be so cruel as to give a gracious gift, a child, to an elderly couple only to take it away? Are you like all the other cruel gods who demand that we sacrifice our children on the altar? What kind of God would ask a father, to kill his own son, his only son, the one he loved. It was a three-day journey, and I saw the mountain before me. I told the servants to wait at the bottom while Isaac and I climbed to the top. I told them that we would go and worship the Lord and that we... We, we would come back. Isaac was going to come back with me. I didn't know how, but I knew that God had made a promise to me and that I just simply needed to trust him. We started up the hill and Isaac said, Dad, I got the wood. You've got the flint for the fire, but I don't see the lamb anywhere. You know, I couldn't even look at his face. My head was down. As I went up the mountain, I just said, God will provide, son. 
God will provide. We reached the top. I gathered the unhewn stones and I made an altar. I took the wood and I laid it out. And then I looked at my son, my only son, whom I loved. And tears flowed down my cheeks and through a smile, I said, it's going to be all right, son. It'll be okay. He didn't fight me, but submissively and obediently allowed me to tie his hands and his feet. And then I lifted him in my arms like I did so many times as a baby, as a small child. And I embraced him, and I kissed him, and I told him that I loved him. And then I turned his head away from me, and I exposed his neck, that main artery, the most humane way to kill, and I lifted my knife. God of mercy and grace, the angel of the Lord appeared and called out to me, Abraham, Abraham, do not lay a hand on your child. Now I know that you fear God because you've not withheld even your son from me. Now I know that you love me more than anything else in this world. It's a pretty powerful story, isn't it? Ironically, if you look at the passage, the angel of the Lord is actually a Christophany. It's an Old Testament sighting of Jesus. Jesus was the one who called out to Abraham, don't kill your son. I find that amazing. In our story, Isaac is a, what we call a type of Jesus. He was to be sacrificed by his father as an act of worship. And as Hebrews eleven nineteen tells us, figuratively speaking, Abraham did receive him back from the dead. Abraham is a type of God as well, a type of God as father who sacrifices his son. But you see, types are incomplete. Types are shadows of something that is to come. It's to give us a, a glimpse of something, but point us to the reality of something else. I want you to notice the similarities in the Gospels. For Jesus is like Isaac. He is a son, a one and only son whom the Father loved. I want to take you to a couple passages to, to help you to see this this morning. John 1 and 14 the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the church of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Look with me at the next passage, if you would, please. Matthew 3 and 6, into 4 and 1, 16, 4 and 1. As soon as Jesus was baptized, He went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on Him, and then a voice from heaven said, This is my son, church, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The old King James version of this passage, much like John 3, 16, has, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's, it's the word in Greek called monogenes. Mono meaning 
one. Genes means generated. So it's where we get our word genetics or gene. If you put them together, it means pertaining to being the one and only of its kind with a specific relationship or pertaining to being the only one of its kind or class or unique in its kind. The word was so important to the early church that they specifically chose this word that meant eternally generated, to have no beginning or end, generated, not created, God's only begotten Son, God's one and only Son, not fathered Son through procreation, through the normal means of bringing children into the world, not a Son through adoption, but a Son eternally generated out of His own person so that Jesus and the Father could say that they are one. One in essence, distinct in person. Isaac was not the only son of Abraham. Ishmael was the first son through Hagar, but Ishmael's birth came through the normal procreative process. He was not the son of promise. Isaac was. Galatians says that Abram said, our bodies are as good as dead, and yet out of deadness, out of something that cannot produce, God brings forth. Isaac was a miracle for Sarah's womb because her womb was dead, not only because of age, but her whole life she was barren. She could not receive, not conceive. Therefore, Isaac had a unique and one-of-a-kind relationship with his father, Abraham. And just as Jesus has a one-of-a-kind relationship with Father God, and because of this uniqueness, that sacrifice was that much greater because it is one and only. There is only one Jesus, church. There is only one begotten Son of God. And so when God says that He gave His Son up, how much deeper and wider and higher is the love of God when we begin to understand those types of things. But this is where much of the comparison stops. Abraham was called to sacrifice his son as a test to see how much he loved God. But with Jesus, this wasn't a test. This was a picture of how much God loved us. Abraham was called to sacrifice Isaac, but in the end, he didn't. The knife was withheld, but with Jesus, with God the Father, the knife was not withheld, it was plunged. God's Son did die. God's Son was murdered and given up as a blood sacrifice. There was no sparing of this only begotten Son, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave up His one and only unique Son to be killed in our place for the penalty of our sin. And the single essence of God is so amazing to me at this point because it reflects something that I can barely grasp and understand. God is one. That's, the, that's this monotheistic idea of who God is. He is one God, but He manifests Himself in three persons, church. Can you name them? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, moving from the person of God to the oneness of God. This is amazing if you think about this verse because it's the main point of my message today. I'm going to give you a glimpse of this in 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, 17 to 19. It says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. 
Now, all these things are from whom, church? They're from God, who reconciled us to himself by what means? Through Christ. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation, which means we are to go out into our world and bring people to Christ, to God through Jesus. Now, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. For God so loved the world that he gave. Let me, let me bring this to a conclusion and help you see this. For God so loved the world that he gave. No. Himself. Judy was at the 8 o'clock service. <laughs> God so loved the world that he gave himself. That's how deeply God loves you. You see, it's one thing for me as a, as a father to say that I'm going to give one of my children in sacrifice for you so that your sins would be paid for. That, that's deep love on my part because I'm giving something that I deeply love. I'm giving one of my children for you who do not love me. In fact, you hate me. But that's really not the depth of this passage. This passage, especially if you look at 2 Corinthians, is God saying, I'm not just giving you my son. I am giving you, church, myself. Now that's the greatest act of love, is to give yourself for someone else. God so loved the world that he gave himself so that you and I could be with him where he is. God so loved the world that he sacrificially gave his unique and only son. For God so loved the world that he gave his son and did not require that of us or our children. The pastor came up to the pulpit as usual on a Sunday morning. But instead of preaching, he said, I have a a very special guest this morning. And with tears in his eyes, he said, I cannot express to you how much this man's to this man means to me. He changed my life. And the old man hobbled up onto the platform and took the pulpit, and then he shared this very brief story. A man, his son, and his son's best friend were out sailing in the ocean when a freak storm arose. And a crashing wave knocked both of the boys into the ocean and away from the boat. The father saw both boys struggling, but having only one life preserver, had to make the most excruciating decision of his life. You see, he could only save one. His only son, or his friends, or his son's friend. He knew that his son had received Jesus as his Savior and that the other boy had not. He could not bear losing his only son, but he knew that he would see him again in heaven. And he could not bear losing his son's friend, knowing that he would be separated for eternity from God and from them as well. So with tears in his eyes and a smile on his face, he said, I love you, son. It'll be okay. And he threw the life preserver to the other boy. And they were never able to find 
his son. The old man finished his story and he walked back down and sat and the service kept on going. And after the conclusion of it, there were some teens who came up to the man afterwards and said, hey, that was, that was a great story. A little unbelievable. I mean, do you really believe that someone like that would sacrifice their own son to save someone else? I don't think so. And the old man looked kindly at them and said, I am that father, and your pastor is that boy. Can you read this with me, please? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Can we close in prayer together?